Here we go. Final seconds. Clutch is his name. Talking sports is his game. End zone. Touchdown with no time left. Pushing the limits. They win on the last play of the ball game. There are no limits. Are you kidding? Who can you count on to make the last throw or shot? Wow, and the game is over. Mikey Clutch. This is the final play. Unbelievable. All right. We are back. We are back. That's right. The longest hiatus ever. Jay Matt, Mikey Clutch. This is the final play with the Blitz Package. Hope y'all are doing okay out there. Uh, We got a lot to talk about today. We're going to go over a potential, a hypothetical trade, I I guess I should say. A hypothetical trade between three teams in the NBA. And we're going to find out what team would possibly say no. We're going to get into Sean Mark's comments about signing Kyrie and the whole situation going on with the Nets, the chaos that is the Los Angeles Lakers with five million advisors for Jeannie Buss, giving her input on what to do and the comments, well, the so-called what Bill Plasky's hearing uh, in that Lakers organization on who they are, who they want to trade, and who would they, who would they rather keep? We'll get into some, you know, Tom Brady signing that huge deal with Fox whenever he retires to become an announcer. Uh, we got some NFL talk. You know, the schedule release is tonight, which is awesome. And then we'll obviously discuss uh, Jokic winning the MVP and touch on these NBA playoffs and preview tonight's games and recap last night's games. And no better way to start than let's get th- through these games that played last night in the NBA playoffs. Uh, Jay, Matt, I'll start with you. What, what did you think last night, you know, first game Celtics-Bucks? Celtics had that lead late in the fourth quarter and blew it. Uh, but w- w- what, do you, what did you come away with thinking after that game? Yeah, so I think um... – I think both teams collapsed last night. Um, you know, the Warriors and the uh, definitely the Celtics. I think pretty much what we already knew. I mean, you know, the Celtics got the best D in the league, but the Bucks simply got the best player. I mean, you know, Giannis dropped 40. Um, Tatum had, what, 33, 36, something like that. But, I mean, I just – I don't know, man. They choked. They choked at the end. They choked. Uh, Drew Holiday showed up. Uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't did this plenty of times, so nothing new. I mean, him just playing good defense and, and, and pivotal moments. So that was very, uh, that was, that was very, um, important, I think, you know, in that, in that win last night. And at this point, <coughs> me, every, uh, every game, it goes the other way. So it's kind of hard to call it, but I think that this definitely goes seven games. And I think it's going to come down who got it last. I mean, they, they simply choked. You know, last night was supposed to be the Celtics win. They had that game. They controlled it for, you know, most of the game. And uh, they simply choked, man. So I think it comes down to the game seven, which is going to be the uh, the Bucks. That's, that's, that's supposed to be the Bucks game. So I, th- I think they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna take it. Yeah, I – it was rough. You know, I had the Celtics win in this series in seven anyway. 
So it, we're still going, but it, the home teams just keep losing. You know, the, the away teams keep answering after losing at home. Uh, in the Celtics, I mean, they, they were in control that whole game. That whole game, they were in control. You know, Tatum balled out again. He, he's been making a name for himself. I mean, he already made a name for himself. Uh, but this year, it, it, he's really putting a stamp on that superstar label. He, he's becoming a superstar, and he's leading this team. And, you know, it's weird. It, I feel like the Celtics probably should have won this series in five, to be honest. Um, the game one, Bucks controlled that whole game. Game two, Celtics came back, and, you know, that wasn't even really close. But then you had game three, which had that controversial ending with Marcus Smart. I thought he was in the air shooting, and that should have been three free throws instead of, you know, a, a, a foul called on the floor. And, you know, he had to shoot the first, made it, and then had to miss on purpose. And they half a second more on the clock, Al Horford would have made that, and, and it would have been game over. And, and that would have – well, not game over. I'm sorry. That would have been overtime then. And then you got game four. Celtics came back and, again, beat Milwaukee like they were supposed to to regain home court advantage. But this game five, I mean, you had the control. You were up 13 in the fourth quarter. And then you allow the Bucks back in because, and it wasn't that they were playing poorly. They they were playing great the whole game, but they just had way too many critical mistakes down the stretch. And especially the, I mean, Marcus Smart, who's been playing phenomenally, when in and when he is 100, percent he made. I mean, I I feel like he was the reason they lost. It, it goes to you know turning the ball over at midcourt on the last play of the game. Jason Tatum's wide open wide open for a three and he couldn't get it to him because he, he bobbled the ball and then drew holiday just steals it but even before that you know i think it was like 40 seconds left 46 seconds left marcus smart he, he drives to the hoop and then he loses the ball and, and you also had drew holiday making a huge block on him as well so drew holiday i i think is kind of proven hey you think he's defensive player of the year best guarding point guard you forgot about me and, and Drew Holiday made a huge three. Giannis made a huge three at the end. So I just think the Celtics, if they clean that up, I think they can easily win this the next two games. I really do. They, they've they just been beating themselves um, as far as not pulling away with this series. Because, again, game three, I think they should have won that. They, they should have easily won that. Just a couple bad calls at the end of that game that really took it away from them. And then this past game, like I said, the mistakes at the end, last two minutes of the game, which allowed Milwaukee to come back and take the lead and end up winning that game. I mean, I don't know what else the Celtics can do. And that this is without Rob Williams in the lineup. They're doing all of this without him in there, the Celtics are, and keeping it close. So it's not like the Bucks are running away in each game. They're not. These are close, tightly contested games. No. Oh. Well, this, this ultimately is it's gonna come down to a few things, I think, and this is why I personally got the Bucks. I know you got the um, Celtics, but this is what I think. I, I think it's gonna come down to experience. I think experience is probably one of the best teachers, especially for uh, this kind of situation. They've been there, you know. The Bucks they won last year. Whether we wanna, you know, blame it on injuries or whatever it is, you know what I'm saying. The Suns got a uh, two games on them, and they came back and won four straight. So, I mean, experience is, like I said, one of the best teachers. 
and we 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 saw that last year. So they the the Bucks got the experience. That's number one. Number two, they got a first year head coach and um Ime. But I I um I, uh, I just think his inexperience and, and he he's he's done a great job. Like you said, they're doing all this without Robert uh, Williams, like. The Celtics, you 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 got to get them credit. They are, they are, they are greatly constructed team. I believe in a in a in a core in Tatum and Brown. But you know, Eme, it is what it is, man. He a first he a, he a first year head coach, so they got to experience these growing pains. And it was I, I I just think it's only so much you can overcome in a season. And the way that they how bad they started off and to turn it around after the new year and get all the way to this point, I just think they're gonna they're gonna fall just short, but. I think they're gonna learn from this this uh, experience, and they're gonna come back the the following year, and we'll see what they look like next year. Hopefully, everybody is healthy, and uh, but it can definitely go either way. But those two things, I think um, the Bucks having the experience number one, the Celtics having a first year head coach, and I think the start that Giannis is, I think it's like. It come down to that as well, like tonight, and, and, and like I said, Jason Tatum is a superstar emerging before our very eyes. Uh, you still got Jalen Brown, you know, he out there balling. Um, Al Horford don't look like he 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 is uh, like 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 he losing anything. Like Father Time catching up to him, or anything. I mean, he looks great. So they got a nice constructed team, but it come down to those superstars, and I think Giannis is the best player in the league as of right now. I mean, this is part of the reason why. I had KD and uh, Kyrie beating the um, Celtics in the, in, the, in the first round. I think, and 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 if you watch basketball, I mean your your basketball mind tells you, okay, the Celtics is clearly the better team, and they should be able to lock them down. You know, despite experience, whatever, right? But sometimes it just comes down to the damn superstars. Like, and, and we saw this last year with KD. Damn, they beating the eventual champion Bucks. You know what I mean? Damn, the game can buy itself. It just sometimes comes down to those superstars, and that's what I was bank, uh, banking on. But you know, uh, shout out to the uh, Celtics because they completely KD didn't look, even look like KD throughout the whole series. So I did not expect that to happen. I, I don't think any of us did. But uh, those three things I think ultimately is going to decide the series. But I do believe it can go either way. If if, if the Celtics win, I will be shocked. Because my pick is the Bucks, but those those three three things them the the uh, Bucks is having the best player, the first year head coach, and the overall championship experience that the Bucks have. So, I mean, we'll see, man. It's a great series. I think it's gonna continue to be a good series. I just noticed going game uh, seven games, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and and, and kind of to just touch on your point with the experience and the Celtics haven't been here before. They kind of have. You know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart have been in the conference finals three times now already. Three times in the conference finals. So they have the playoff experience. Championship. No, championship, absolutely. But they've been this deep in the playoffs. They've gotten further than this. So they have that, at least that pedigree to get to the conference finals. I mean, that's crazy. Like, it, I think it was Tatum's rookie year where they first made it. And I think that was the, uh, the, uh, the year with Isaiah Thomas. Um, so this, this Celtics team has some – pedigree in them to where they, they can get deep in the playoffs and it's just the little mistakes that they have to clean up which I think they will come out you know in Milwaukee they know back against the wall game six they have to win it and I think if they win that they they'll win game seven at home 
But am I right to say that the winner of this series is going to make it to the finals? What do you think about that? Say that again about the finals. The winner of this series is going to be the one representing the East. In the uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I believe that. I believe that. I can see that. I, I think uh, I know we're going to probably get into our little uh, predictions, but I think Miami – Miami, uh, I don't know. I, I I would have to really think about that. But off the top of my head, yeah, I, yeah. Whoever won this series, I could see them going to the finals. I'll give you that. Yeah, I just I think these are the two best defensive teams in the entire playoffs. And and I mean, we again we saw what the Celtics did to that juggernaut offensive juggernaut, at least of KD and Kyrie. They held them to very low scoring. And honestly, look at what they've done to Giannis. This series, Giannis, the past two postseasons, entire postseasons, was averaging 57% from the field. You know, he before last night, he was shooting 44% for this series. Now, that you know, he's still getting his numbers, but he has not been shooting the ball well. And that's why the Celtics find themselves in these games. And we saw it in game four uh, where Giannis was getting tired. You know, he was tired because he's doing everything. You know, Marcus Smart, that whole thing with – Smart trying to help him off the ground, and Giannis was just like basically laying there. He he was gassed, and I think he came out after that, he, you know, to get a breather. So I think you just got to keep the pressure on Giannis, make him try and beat you and do everything. And you know, Drew Holiday is, is a great number two, honestly, while Middleton's out, but they don't have that third guy. And I feel like the Celtics have a third and a fourth guy, you know, depending on the night. And, you know, Horford, who's looks like he got in the time machine and, and went back to his days in Atlanta, you know, so I think this Celtics team has what it takes to take on the defending champs. But yeah, I think Milwaukee, they, they, again, to your point, they got that championship pedigree. So they, they know how to win and come back in these difficult situations. They were down 0-2 and came back and won the finals, like you said. So um, my prediction still for the series is Celtics in seven. I'm not wavering from that. I, I just think they've shown me enough to where, where the, they lost two games on the final seconds. And, I, you know, the Bucks I, I just feel like, are trying to keep up with them at, at this point. I agree. I mean, I don't agree. I, I got the Bucks in seven, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Going to the other game last night. I mean, if you want to call it a game. I, I got some opinions on this, why it was kind of a blowout. But the Memphis Grizzlies whoop the Golden State Warriors. It wasn't even close. It wasn't, I mean, the closest it was, I think was 29, 28 in the first quarter. And then after that, I mean, the Grizzlies just went on a major run, a major run. And by the third quarter, you know, I think it was like seven minutes left in the third quarter, Golden State started benching their guys. So um, I kind of think they mailed it in. They were up three, one they're in Memphis and we know how Golden State plays at home. I think they wanted to win this one at home. So I, I think they kind of just were like, all right, you know, we'll, we'll give them this one in Memphis. But when we go home to Chase Arena, we're going to take it. We're going to take it from the Grizzlies. But I will give the Grizzlies credit, you know, their defensive numbers and even their offensive numbers, to be honest, when Morant isn't in, are incredible. I mean, they're outscoring. I, I think in all the games that Ja missed, they're outscoring opponents by 13 points. They got a plus 13 point differential opposed to, I think, it, I, I don't know what the other numbers are 
with job, but they're not 13 points. They're not winning every game by 13 points at least. So, you know, they, obviously the number I think jumped after last night, but still, that's impressive. The ball moves better, but the defense is really where it's at. I, they, we saw it in, in game four as well, uh, where really Golden State couldn't hit a shot, but neither could the Grizzlies. I mean, both teams weren't shooting well at all that game, but Golden State, that 0-15 start from behind the three, that's something you don't see from them. Um, a lot of those were open shots too, but still, you got to give credit to the Grizzlies. And with Adams back in, I mean, last night they were just eating up the offensive boards. I, there was a moment in the, in the first quarter uh, or second quarter, uh, but Adams literally he missed like four layups, but he got his own rebound and then finally kicked it to somebody, and, and they they ended up scoring on it. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I think with his presence in the D, because Golden State doesn't have a big man. Wiseman's been out. And your biggest man down there is Looney. And Looney, he's not really a guy that you can trust, you know, in a playoff game in, in who can lock down and really protect the paint as well as you would want him to. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens in, in game six. I do think because the, they go home and how they play at home that the Warriors are going to win it. Um, but, yeah, they if they go and lose that, 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 that means trouble because I think – that the Grizzlies would take Game Seven if it gets to it. Um, you got to think about. I mean, even going back to last year, this is the team that stopped the Warriors from getting to the playoffs, right? In the in the in the, in the play-in. So, I don't think they're afraid of them. Uh, and and it's almost crazy to think that you know you lose your best player and the team gets more efficient. Uh, you know, job dropping. I think what he's averaging forty, right? like 40 for the series or something crazy like that. So, I mean, when you got one player that's going off like that every night and you take him out, um, obviously, you know, you get more guys involved. And like you said, even the defense gets more efficient with him out. So I think that's just off the fact of guys getting more involved on offense. The ball is being moved around. So it just transfers over to the defensive side. Uh, like you said, they got uh, Adams back, so that helps, obviously. Um, I, I, I don't know. I have no excuse. I, don't, I, I can't give you a logical reason of why the Warriors went down like that <laughs> last night. I think in the third quarter, they just kind of pulled away. It got really bad, and uh, like you said, by, by the fourth or seven minutes left, it was it was over. They was pulling their guys and chopping it up for the next game, so uh, – uh, game six is a definite, definite must win for the Warriors. I, I'm not going to go as far as to say I think in game seven uh, Memphis will win, but anything can happen. It's very possible. It's not You no longer have the advantage. I don't give a damn if you at Chase, if you at the uh, FedEx Arena, it uh, it don't matter. Game seven, that's the that's the, the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Anything anything can happen, Any anything. So you don't want to be in that situation. Uh and, and 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 this also isn't this shouldn't be as surprising as it is because they did this all through the season. You know, Jordan's a lot of time and we were saying the same thing during the regular season. Like, damn, this team really is actually better with him, you know, sitting down. So it's crazy. Uh but I mean, yeah, like I said, this upcoming game tomorrow, uh game six is a definite must win and I think the Warriors get it done. I think they get it done at home. And they just got to show their greatness, man. They've been here multiple times at this point. This is a uh, another thing, you know, comes down to experience. This young team, and I think they're going to be fired up after getting embarrassed how they did last night. So 
you know, you go down by 52 at, at one point and you're supposed to be the experienced team with the veterans and, you know, the championship experience. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I definitely um, – I'm going to go with Golden State for game six. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, in, in the regular season, the Grizzlies were 10-5 and five against all the playoff teams. <laughs> 10-5 and five when Ja, ja was out against playoff teams in the regular season. So they, they know they can do it. They, they've done it all year. And, you know, Jenkins, the head coach, like hats off to him. He, he had these guys ready to play. Um, and he, he's just he's been coaching his his ass off all year. And I, I love the adjustments he's been making. They work. They, they're not the number two seed for no reason in the West. So, you know, the Grizzlies, they're, they're a matchup problem. And the other thing is, you know, how athletic they are. This is why I kind of think if Golden State gets out of this series, they're going to be able to handle uh, the Suns or even the Mavericks if the Mavericks can pull something off too. But I, I think because they're so athletic and fast and young, I mean, Grizzlies are one of the youngest teams in the league. And in Golden State, we know they're, they're a veteran team. They're a lot of miles on those legs, especially Clay coming off those, you know, the Achilles and, and ACL. He's not Clay anymore as, as far as, you know, being able to defend at an elite level and stay in front of his guy. Draymond, obviously, Draymond Green, he's not as fast and quick as he used to be. Obviously, Steph is, and Steph is a, a better defender than people like to give him credit for. But, you know, these guys are a little older and they can't keep up with this team. And, and that's why I think Memphis likes to push the pace because when they push the pace, it, it really is hard uh, to keep up with them. And so, I think if they can get out of this series, then they're going to be a little more evenly matched with Phoenix, and they might be able to, you know, really control that series more. But the Grizzlies, that's why they're an issue. You know, they're so young and so quick and athletic that they're able to blow by these guys. I mean, you saw it. Like, Ja, his signature get to the left and, and you know, drive to the hoop and get that extended layup with his left hand. And, you know, game one, he – if Clay actually did make a great defensive play, but he shouldn't have been in that situation, missing two straight free throws. Um, but Ja hit that shot like two times in that game, and, and he couldn't do it. Uh, Clay affected the shot enough to make a miss. But uh, yeah, this Grizzlies team—they're fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. I just—I still want to see one more championship run from the Golden State Warriors, just because I love that squad. And I mean, this is why I want to see them in the Celtics in the finals. They remind me both of each other. They draft almost every guy that's on that roster. Um, they drafted Looney. They drafted Kaminga. They drafted Curry, Green, Poole, Thompson, like Wiseman. Like they drafted all these guys. Just like the Celtics, they drafted Grant Williams, Robin Williams, uh, you know, Tatum, Smart, uh, Brown. Like it's awesome. Like you don't really get to see this as much. And, you know, the Grizzlies, they drafted most of the guys too, but they, a lot of those guys are um, acquisitions. Uh, so that's why I kind of like seeing this. Like, it, it, it's a built team. And really, the Warriors, what, because of the injury of Clay and Steph and, and Draymond a couple of years ago, we, we've missed them in the playoffs. But they were able to build a little more because of the bad, you know, losing seasons and, and get picks. But, I mean, they're right back where we're used to seeing them, and that's what I love. I'm still going to take – Golden State to take this thing at home tomorrow. Um, but I, I will say if they go and lose that, I, I think they might lose this series after going up 3-1. It's possible, man. It's possible. Like I said, that game seven, I think it's possible. So uh, we'll see. All right, let's, let's preview tonight's matchups. Um, we'll start with the first game that's on tonight, Miami Heat 
at Philadelphia. The home team has won every game in this series. Um, Embiid, I don't believe the talk and the rumors that are going out that he was upset about not winning the MVP, and that's why he, he played as poorly as he did the other night. I just – he's a different player than that. He, he's more motivated. I think it's just that orbital fracture and, 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 and the ligament that's torn in his thumb. I mean, he, he's not 100%. I don't even think he's 70%, but he's still going out there um, and, and playing his tail off as best as he can. And it's really the other guys that they need to be stepping up. You know, Maxie's young, so I can give him a little bit of a pass. But, listen, Maury traded for Harden because he thought that, all right, he gave us a better chance to win than Ben Simmons. And who knows, if they would have treated the Simmons thing a lot better, I, I think they, they'd be the team to beat in the East. But, they, you know, Simmons got a little, you know, mental issue and, and with the back. Yeah, who knows if, if the back started bothering him after – because he had to get surgery. So, obviously, it's a, it's a real injury. Uh, but I wonder how things would have played out if he would have been stayed in Philly – this year and actually played the whole season and, and see where he's at from there. But yeah, the Sixers, they're, they're in trouble, obviously, obviously in trouble. They lose the night, they go home in Miami. They haven't shot well on the road. So I, I think Philly has another chance to force a game seven, but the thing is Philly hasn't shown up in Miami at all, even with Embiid. So yeah, I, I expect this thing to go to a game seven as well um, I, because the home team's been winning and, and been winning well, so I think that's what's going to happen tonight. What do you think? Um, I disagree. I don't think this game gets to a game seven. I think Miami closes it tonight. Um, yeah, man, I mean, I just think about Joel Embiid, who I think should have won the MVP as well. I don't know if you how you feel about that, but uh, I know we're going we're gonna to get into that too, but I just, Joel, I mean, if you watched him all season, he was amazing. He started off great, you know, even dealing with the whole Ben Simmons situation, still putting those guys on his back and saying, all right, we still got a job to do, um, you know, remaining professional for the most part and just, you know, getting the job done. So he got most of the season, you know what I'm saying, having this having this, this, this great season and, and, and willing his team to these wins. So midway through, you get Harden, and James Harden is not the same. I don't – I'm not going to say he, like, watched. I mean, I, I think he's clearly in decline. I don't think we're going to get that Houston James Harden ever again. But, do like, like can he still put up 30 pieces and 40 pieces? Hear, hear that? Yeah, I, I, I believe so. I don't think he completely watched or nothing. But, um, like you said, Joel just hurt, man. He looked hurt. He's fighting through it. He got the finger. He got the mask on. I mean, it's just hard to see, and I feel like he's giving it his all, and he don't got no help. James Harden, I don't know what's wrong with him. I think, you know, he, in order to get out of uh, Houston, he had that, Um, I think he was out of shape. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm still confused. I'm like, I don't know if that was a fat suit, or I'm going to assume he was out of shape. He was out of shape. But, uh, you know, he had to get himself back in shape, and during that time is when the hamstring, you know, stuff started happening. So that happened. And he's been trying to recover from that ever since. So, and, and and that ain't nothing to play with. You know, you get some tightness, it's like, all right, sit down. So, I mean, it's understandable why he's been missing these games. And But on top of that, you got this controversy going on with Kyrie. And then, 
then he want to he want to get out. Now you in a whole new situation. I mean, it's just it's just a lot going on with him. So, uh, back to Joel. I mean, Joel don't got no help. If Harden came back as Harden from Houston, then this would be a completely different conversation. But he came back as, and then another thing he did was he changed his game. We had never seen James Harden play like a, a pure point guard. Like he was, he was a great passer when he was uh, when he when he when he first got to Brooklyn. And it seems like now he's more of a facilitator because clearly he can't blow by guys like he used to and create that separation. And at the at the at the time, I, I guess we was all assuming, well, you got Katie and Kyrie next to you, so you just changed your game for them. I don't know. Maybe he after he left Houston, maybe the hamstring got something to do with him not being able to. I mean, you know, look how he's looked these these his 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 whole career. So I'm saying all of that to say. Joel needs help. Um, I don't think he's going to get it in this next game. I think Miami is ready to capitalize. They also got championship experience. It was only two years ago that they was in the finals. So I think they going to um, – and like you said, um, uh, Philly got the experience too. They've been past this point. They got to the conference finals. But, I mean, as as far as the NBA, they came you know, a shot away. A Kawhi buzzer beat it from getting to the finals. So, you know, but, I mean – all of that, man. I think I think Miami just I, th- I think Miami gonna close them out. I don't, I don't got faith in because Joel looked bad. This, this 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 he looked terrible this this past game, and I think he just need help. So and I don't, I don't think he's gonna get it. So yeah, my prediction is uh, Miami close it out tonight. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Like I can see that happening, but I just Miami's a completely different team on the road in these playoffs. Obviously, Jimmy Butler's the same guy in every game, which. I'm I'm happy if Miami Miami ends up beating the Sixers, I'll be happy for Jimmy Butler. Uh, but as far as the Sixers side of things, yeah, Harden like he isn't the same guy in Houston, and I think that's what everybody's trying to bank on. But he really hasn't been that guy for a couple of years now. He he just hasn't he, as far as scoring consistently. And you know we usually see him. He, I mean, come on, he led the league in scoring. He he was thirty points easy. Every night, you can count on it. Uh, he had that long stretch of thirty-point games. He almost had the record or something like that, or so uh, of consecutive thirty-point games. It's just that's not who he is anymore, and, and and he knows it. I mean, he's taking a lot. You know, he's taking less shots than he has in his career. He's getting to the free throw line. You know, about the same, which is good. Uh, but again, it, it's the facilitating where you know he he's not. I don't even think he's averaging ten assists which I, that's what I expected from Harden in these playoffs was to at least, you know, average 10 assists in this series, minimum. And he, he's just not able to do it. And that and a lot of that's to do with Miami's defense. Miami has a phenomenal defense. Um, and, and it shows without Kyle Lowry, they're even better, <laughs> you know. So it, it's just – it's hard to see it, you know. Again, the Harden's only averaging seven assists. It's decent, but the Harden we know can average like twelve if he really wanted to. Um, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm still going to take Philly at home and then Miami to clean them up in Game Seven. But we'll move to the next series tonight. Another Game Six. Dallas and Phoenix. Now, if I were to ask you who the best player in this series is um, either team. Who are you going to tell me? Luca, obviously. All right. So uh, agree there. My bad. At least we agree there. Like Luca's the best player, but 
I mean, this was my issue before the season even started. I mean, it's Luca and a bunch of role guys. Like, he doesn't have a clear-cut number two. I know Brunson this season, you know, he, he was in, you know, conversation for most improved. And this playoffs, he started showing up the last couple games, which is good. I just think it's a little too late. But, yeah, I, I mean, this was my worry. I, they're just not deep enough. They rely too much on Luca. And, granted, Luca's still playing phenomenally, but the last two games he has not been shooting well at all. And I hope he can bounce back at home. They, again, they're a different team at home. But with Phoenix, again, they got the experience. This is probably Chris Paul's last chance at a title um, because I don't. If, if they don't make it this year, I think next year the West is just going to be that much better and harder to get through when, when some of these guys come back healthy. I mean, imagine that uh, New Orleans series if Zion was playing. I mean, they, play, they pushed that to six games without Zion, and nobody's stopping Zion in that series. DeAndre Ayton, I think, is probably one of the softest big men in this league who he should be dominating this Dallas Mavericks team, and he just isn't. And I think that's why he's not getting that contract with them. I think they see it. It's like, listen, he's a great number three, but when Chris leaves, he's not going to be a, a number two to where we can count on. At least that's what he's shown so far. I mean, Aiton should be he should be averaging 25 points in the series, 25 and 12, easy. And um, it's just, I don't know what it is. And, and it, it, there was a video last night uh, or two nights ago, Booker passed Aiton the ball right at the rim, basically. And Aiton passed up a wide open shot and then three defenders got him and he to kick it out. And you see Booker just throwing his hands up. Like, what are you doing, dude? Shoot the ball. So I, I just think he, he, he doesn't have that confidence. And he's just not a guy you can rely on like that, like a CP3 or a Booker who, I mean, Booker's playing like Devin Booker should. And he, he's he's unstoppable. Mavericks don't have an answer for him, and, and you could see it. But the Suns, you know, I think they I think they finish it off tonight and, and, and take it in Dallas. Yeah, like I said, man, a lot of parallels between all of these teams. We watched two terrible collapses last night. And uh, like I said today, um, yeah, I, I also agree with you on that. I think um, <clears throat> we watched two closeout games tonight as well. So, um, yeah, like you said, man, they uh, Dallas relies entirely too much on Luka. Uh, he needs help. He needs another superstar. He needs help because his guy's not stepping up. What's his name? Um, Brunson. Bronson got to show up, man. I mean, when was that? Was that this series where, where he had the 41 points? Was that like game one or something? Or that was that was last series? I'm still thinking about the damn 41. Like, where is that dude at? Like, come back. Luca needs that. But, um, yeah, man, they relied too much on Luca, And I just – the Suns got this, man. They don't play no defense. Like, the defense – that that defense is terrible. Uh, I, I feel I feel bad. And, you know, this is my – um. You know, you know, I got the Mavs winning it all next year. <laughs> that does not look good as of right now. They need to make big changes uh, in the in the off season. So, um, you know, Jason Kidd got to figure something out. But uh, yeah, man, I just I agree with you on 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 the Aiden thing. He, he's soft, man. He's soft. I think he's a solid player. I think he still got a lot of untapped potential. He's soft though. Yeah, he's soft. That's a, that's that's a great word for him. He just soft like. I don't know. They need he needs some 
it's like something missing. So I, I understand what you're saying with that as well. Um, also, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you mentioned this. Um, Jay Crowder. I don't know how serious that that injury is. Did you did you peep that last night? He kind of ran into the dude, hurt his shoulder. So I think that's a that's a big. Uh, I think that's a that's a big loss for uh, Phoenix, especially if they close uh, Dallas out tonight, which I believe they will. And they end up running into Golden State or Memphis, either either one. So I think that's um that's something that we need to uh you know pay attention to. We don't know how serious that is. Maybe the reports came out by now. I gotta look it up or something. But yeah, man, I just yeah, I think um they closed it out tonight and um this was if 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 I, if I would have had to give my prediction of game one before game one I would have said, uh, yeah, the Suns gonna win the series, so I'm not too surprised about it. But yeah, man, uh, this is probably the most, I think, the easiest series for us to predict because you could just kind of, you could just kind of tell from the beginning. Okay, Luka need help. Um, they're not necessarily the best on defense. Suns clearly now they definitely got more experience as a group than uh, Dallas. And they got more superstars. You know, they got more stars. And like I said, sometimes it's come down to them stars, but I don't even think this is one of those kind of series. I think they just overall got a better team. And Dallas relies too much on this primary star. So, I mean, yeah, I think uh, with all that being said, things closed it out tonight. Yeah, and I just took a look at the injury report. Crowder isn't listed on there, so I think he's going to play tonight, which is obviously good for Phoenix. Uh, but, yeah, I just – I want to see somebody step up in Brunson, who was averaging 27.8 points last series against Utah, which, listen, Utah, Utah is in the playoffs, a completely different defensive team. Gobert is a shadow of himself in the playoffs, and Davin Mitchell just can't guard anybody. So I think that's kind of why he was able to go off like he did in that series. And he, he, he's 10 points lower. He's 17.8 for this series. So that's just the difference in competition with Phoenix and Utah. But, yeah, like you said – we, we need somebody else to step up. And Jason Kidd even mentioned it. But Luca also has to be a little bit better on the defensive end. He's got to be a little more engaged. You know, it seems like they seek him out uh, uh, for on switches and all that, which, you know, that's what Dallas, that's what they were doing well with. You know, they're switching Chris Paul uh, on Luca, and that, that's the matchup Luca wants. And, you know, I just – I want to see him be a little – take more – you know, take smarter shots going forward in this series because – I'm with, I want to see them upset the Phoenix Suns. I want to see Luka be on a big stage uh, against the team. I think Luka is great for this league, just the way he plays, um, his energy. You know, we the NBA is in such a good position right now as far as the future of the NBA. There's so much young talent and young talent that is leading teams in, in playoffs and in deep playoff runs like it, it's just it, it's it's fun to see this before it, you know this explodes with the young talent I mean the 25 and under talent that we have and shoot even Giannis who's 27 we're gonna have him for another 10 years in his prime probably if he takes care of his body like LeBron did and we still have LeBron for a couple more years so it, it's just fun to see like these young guys like a Morant um, you know make a name for himself book Luca Tatum Brown uh, you name it, you know, Tyler Hero, who's been balling out and coming off the bench in Miami. I mean, he, he, I think he averaged four points more or six points more than the next guy as far as uh, bench guys scoring this year. And uh, I think second place was Clarkson from Utah. So, yeah, I, the, the talent 
in in the NBA is just going to be fun to watch. Uh, but moving forward, the MVP was announced. I we kind of already heard what you had to say about Embiid, and I agree with you. I, I think Embiid could have won it. I think Giannis could have won it. But I'm not going to lie. Listen, just because he won it last year, I wanted to see somebody else win it, but I was not going to be upset with Jokic winning again because he put up, I mean, one of the best seasons historically in the NBA. I think he broke the um, PER, payer efficiency rating record. He had the highest ever in league history. Uh, just the way he distributes the ball. He led that team to a sixth seed in the West. I, I, you know, him and MB, the, the teams were three game difference as far as win losses. And he did this without Jamal Murray and without Michael Porter Jr. So I think Jokic deserves a little more credit to be able to, you know, bring this team to the playoffs. And granted, I know they got gentlemen swept by the by the Warriors, but what he's been able to do with what he's got is pretty impressive. And if you get a Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back, this team is going to be a top three team in the West next year, in my opinion. Yeah, um, you ain't wrong. You ain't, you ain't said nothing wrong. I think it's just uh, how you look at it. Going back to last season, that was Joel Embiid's award. And he got injured, and then it was Harden's award. And then he got hurt, and then it was KD's award. And, then, and you know, it just kept switching until <laughs> everybody got injured and then landed on uh, Jokic. And not because he was – I mean, he was having a good season last year too. But, I mean, it was just multiple guys I think he was doing better. And he just kind of was the last man standing. Like, all right, well, you ain't injured. So, and you having a good enough season, you know. So, he got he got it. Got it. Kudos to him. Won MVP. And this year, I wanted Joel to win the award. And like you said, like, I feel like Joel should have won personally. I'm not taking that back. But I'm not going to argue too hard about it. Because like you said, for every reason that you said, the efficiency, everything. I understand he didn't have Murray. So, right, you got a point. I just, you just feel sorry for Embiid, man. You think back to that loss at, uh, against Kawhi Leonard when he when he hit that buzzer beater and you saw Joel crying, just that emotion and passion. It's just hard to, you know, like who don't want to root for a guy like that? You know, it's like, damn, I want you to win. You know, you you got the passion. He, he, don't, he don't cheat the game, you know, and just watching how he went. Man, he went crazy when the season started. And like I said earlier, all that Ben Simmons nonsense that was going on, put this team on his back and to get all the way up here and just not help and be fighting from injuries and his finger and his mask. And it's just like, damn, I wanted him to win. Like, I feel like he deserved it. I feel like he deserved it. And like I said, I'm not going to argue too hard about it because it is what it is. And it's just one of those things. Like it's, 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 it's kind of not fair, but life ain't fair. It's one of those things. And, you know, hopefully he come back next season healthy. Um, I believe, you know, he's going to learn from this experience and he'll get a shot again at it. You know, I, I expect him to come back next year as, a, you know, he may win it next year. You know, so um, we'll see. But, uh, you know, it's just MVP-wise, yeah, I just feel like he's due for one, man. I feel like he's due for one. You know, certain players just feel like it's, like, it's almost like it's, it, it, like it's your turn. You know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like that about Chris Paul last year. It's his turn, man. But... <laughs> Giannis wanted it. Like, I feel like – I feel it. Every year is Chris Paul turns to he get a ring. I still got the Warriors taking it. But you know what I mean? It's that feeling of, man, Chris Paul done been here. He was supposed to be with Kobe. The league kind of fucked him on that. You know, it's just 
it's his turn, man. At some point, damn, get Chris Paul in the ring and we'll, and we'll let it go. You know what I mean? I just feel like it's, 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 it's Chris Paul's turn. Um, back to the MVP. Just, you know, it's Joel's turn, man. So, you know, we'll see what happens next season. But, uh, yeah, shouts to Nikola, Nikola uh, Vuce, Vucevic, his ass, uh, Jokic. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he got it. Fair and square. <laughs> Nikola Vukovic. Uh, yeah, dude, I, listen, I agree. I think MB deserves an MVP, but, you know, sometimes your best ability is availability. And Jokic not being injured and always being there night in, night out, you know, it's just that's part of it. You, you got to play games. And so the fact that he, he he's consistently healthy and takes care of himself and doesn't get hurt and doesn't put a situation – granted – it seems like the, sometimes the least athletic guys stay healthy the longest because they're not flying in, bumping into guys as much as, you know, like a John Morant, you know, who's going to be hurt a lot in his career, I think, because the way he takes punishment, same with Zion. He's always, you know, a little reckless at times, but he's flying in there and, and really taking the pounding. So um, I think that's kind of why Embiid has been healthy, you know, for the most part ever since, you know, the first few years in the league. Because he, he's smart with it now. You know, it's just it's just dumb luck with some of these injuries. I mean, he shouldn't have been in that game at the end against the Raptors where, you know, he had that orbital fracture. So some of that's on Doc, which I think Doc's on the hot seat. I'm sorry, but especially if they lose this series, he's gone. I think if he loses in the conference finals, let's say 4-0-4-1, uh, he's gone. I, I think Doc isn't the coach for this team. I thought he was when they first hired him, but Doc has underperformed in every playoffs that he's been, except for the one where he won the championship with the best big three, probably, you know, before LeBron, Wade, and Bosch. So it, it just, it, it sucks. And he, not to mention he had Rondo, who Rondo was at the peak of his powers at the time too. So it's it just, Rivers has not proven to me that he's a top, 10 coach all time, maybe top 15, maybe top 20, but he, he's not in that top 10 because he's, I think he also has the uh, most 3-0, no, 3-1 leads blown in the playoffs. He has the most of them. And he's the only coach or at, there's only a couple teams that have been up 3-0 and it went to a game seven. I think Doc is one of those teams as well. So, yeah, I, I think he, his coaching compared to all these other guys, even Adoka, who, who's a, a rookie coach with the Celtics, look at what he was able to do after, you know, calling player meeting after player meeting in the beginning of the season. And look at the Celtics. They had the best record at, at the, in the second half of the season, and they're the best defensive team in the league. So uh, he's doing something right there, and that's why they find themselves in a battle with the Buck. But – yeah, I, I think when it's all said and done, Embiid will have an MVP, uh, but right now it's Jokic's. But moving on, got some football news. Well, kind of football news off the field. The GOAT being going to be the highest paid broadcaster in sports with Fox. Uh, Tom Brady signs that 10-year, $375 million. He's going to be making more money than he has ever had playing football. That's nuts. That is nuts to me. That, But, you know, he deserves it. Listen, he didn't get on the field. Fox, I think this is why they got rid of Buck and Aikman, so they could bring in Brady. And whenever Brady retires, he's going to be in that seat. Uh, but I, I think this is great. I think I'm excited. 
you know, people are kind of skeptical that he's, you know, not going to do well in the booth. But I think it's Tom Brady. If he prepares for it like he does in actual game, he's addicted to football, right? I think if he prepares himself and he gets a, he's, he's going to be a phenomenal broadcaster. I just wonder who they're going to pair him up with. I think it's going to be Burkhart. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think that's fun. I, I know you're, you don't really pay attention to the announcers as much. But to me, um, NFL Sunday, like, there's only a few guys in sports that I love to, like, if, if they're announcing a game, I'm making sure I'm listening to it somehow. Like, like Stan, uh, Jeff Van Gundy, I'm sorry, Jeff Van Gundy for the NBA. I love when he announces on ESPN. Um, I love Buck and Aikman. I, I love that pairing. Uh, and, like, I just, it's fun, you know, and I'm glad ESPN got them, and then Brady's going to be on Fox. And I also like listening to Romo. So I think this is going to be good for football, and obviously it's going to bring viewers. You know, you got a seven-time Super Bowl champion on your broadcast, and it's the GOAT, especially as recent as it's going to be. I think they're going to be successful. Yeah, I can get with that. Um, like you said, I'm not too too big on who's in the booth. Um, I will say I do love uh, Monday Night Football with Lewis Riddick. Sunday Night Football, is he on Sunday night? I think it's just Mondays, right? Monday. Um, um, but yeah, I, I, I love Lewis Riddick. Uh, that's the only kind of person who I feel like that about. Like, man, uh, Lewis Riddick, I'm, I'm really, I don't know. It's just like, even when he just on like these morning shows, like even just listening to him talk football. Um, yeah, so that's, so I, I understand what you're saying with that. Uh, and yeah, man, Brady definitely deserve it. People, I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't give a damn what it is. I'm not betting against Tom Brady as far as the, I, I got to see. Hey, he. I'm not betting against that man. Man got seven Super Bowls. I'm not betting against him. So I. I mean, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, I, I. I don't. I don't understand why people would. Why would you doubt him? How, how come the greatest quarterback to ever play the game uh, can't be successful in the booth? I, that, so that, that don't make sense to me. But um. Yeah, man, he he deserved it. Three hundred and seventy-five million. Shit, that's a lot of money. Uh, he deserved it, man. And uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Tom Brady in a in a in a booth when he retires. That's that's yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, well, moving back a little bit to the NBA now. This is some big news. Bill Plasky, he came out with that article. He, he interviewed Jeannie Buss, um, but he was on a radio show. And he was talking about because we we heard all these people that are advising Jeannie Buss on the Lakers' decisions, um, all these people that aren't even Lakers employees, you know, like Phil Jackson, uh, Rambis, and uh, I forget this other chick's name that's been with her since basically the start. Uh, but they're they're giving input, and Plasky, you know, we're gonna play this bite, um, has heard that Phil Jackson wants to trade LeBron and keep Westbrook. So take a listen. I've heard that Phil would like LeBron traded. I've just heard that. But I've got no nothing to back that up. No on-the-record stuff to back that up. But I think Phil, I, know, I, I do know that Phil would like them to keep Westbrook and try to make it work with them. All right. Now, to me, that's some, come on. It, 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 this is why, if this is true, because he said he heard it. He doesn't give up who said it. But this is the reason why the Knicks just plummeted 
when Phil Jackson took over that role in the front office. So, I mean, I don't understand what he thinks. Like, really, you're going to choose Westbrook over LeBron, who LeBron could have if he really wanted to play those last two games and get the scoring title this year. Uh, he could have if he wanted to. And he's the reason why this team was as, as like, you know, they, they weren't good. But, you know, AD's been out. He, he, he has been reliable as far as, you know, somewhat sing on the floor this year obviously he sat out some games and at the end of the I think they were so out of it he just sat the rest but yeah I just I don't understand what Phil Jackson's even thinking here like really you're gonna give up LeBron who is arguably still a top five player in this league when healthy and you're gonna keep Russell Westbrook who can't even shoot the ball anymore he can't hit a free throw anymore he turns the ball over more than anybody in league history. And you think that's going to help you contend for a title? I mean, even if you got a huge haul back for LeBron, like I don't even know who, who you'd be trading LeBron for. Like do you trade him to Golden State maybe? And, and you get Klay Thompson in return and uh, maybe another shooter? I, I don't know. Maybe you do a three-team deal. I just – this is the reason why – Phil Jackson doesn't have a job anywhere in the NBA right now. Listen, he, he's the greatest coach ever, greatest coach ever. But he's no GM. He hasn't made any smart business decisions ever. I mean, you know, we all know he fired Mike Woodson after getting eliminated in the second round of the playoffs for the Knicks, and that was the furthest the Knicks have gone since then. And he got rid and brought in his buddy Derek Fisher and then, you know, got rid of him, and he just kept bringing in buddies to coach the team. And you see when Tibbs got hired, what happened? The Knicks started winning. Obviously, they missed the playoffs this past year. But, you know, they made the playoffs last year and were pretty good all season. So I just think this is the dumbest idea. And honestly, this is the fault of Jeannie Buss, too, bringing him in to be an advisor. Obviously, she's probably not going to listen to that if she's smart enough. But the Lakers organization is such a dumpster fire. They're going to keep Rob Polinka, who really the decisions he's made, you think this has helped the team? All right, you got one championship in the bubble, which I'm starting – you know, I, I said it still counts. It's, it's a title, but I'm starting to look at it different because this team just isn't as good as it should be. Um, so what, Mike? I don't fully agree with you. I see what you're saying. As far as like, yeah, it, it, if you just listen to it like on a, on the surface level, it sounds crazy. But you got to think about okay, okay. First, let me let, let me start with this. Jeannie Bus, understand why she's listening to other people or just want to hear other thoughts because that could be a lot of pressure to run a you know run an organization and make the right decisions. So I, I understand why she listens to other people or at least just you know trying to see what other people's heads at what they think. But ultimately, right, she needs to make the decision and not listen to other people. But just, it's, I, I get that. It's nice to have other opinions. As far as that, it depends on, like you said, bringing bring it back. Because I feel like part of the reason Russ wasn't successful as we have normally seen him was because he was with Lamar. I feel like two ball-dominant guys, and, you know, it's a lot of pressure playing with LeBron, too. And they skills, they don't necessarily, that's not a one-to-one -one match. You know what I mean? That's not, they don't They don't necessarily fit. Like, oh, yeah, that's a perfect, you know, duo. They don't really fit. And I think also 
yeah, it, it just it just really depends on who you bring it back. You know, they won a championship, they tried to double down on it the following year, and they crapped out. That's all it was. So the Lakers have put themselves as an organization in this messed up spot that you can't move. So I understand why he's saying LeBron because LeBron is the only asset that they have that's worth value. You got to think about it. They gave up a lot to get Anthony Davis. They gave, and then everybody that they shipped off is actually kind of doing better. You got Kuzma over there in Washington. You got Lonzo with the Bulls. You got Ingram with the Pelicans. So they gave up all of their young assets. Then they gave up draft picks to, you know, this off Anthony Davis. They gave the rest of to get uh, Russell Westbrook. So they gave up everything. So now you stuck yourself in this corner expecting a championship because Anthony Davis had this semi-healthy season which is really covered up because they had the bubble and they had the four months off in between. You know what I'm saying? So it was really kind of covered up. But they, Like I said, they doubled down and they crapped out and they stuck themselves in this bad situation because then you had to pay Russell Westbrook and you got, so you don't got no money, no assets to, to trade and no draft picks. You fuck. So the only way to, the only other, like what else can you do? Who is the only, you, you can't give up Anthony Davis, don't nobody want him because he's so injury prone. Can't give up Westbrook after the season that he just had. Plus, it's a hard-ass contract to move. So, you only got LeBron. An aging LeBron with his average 30. That's, so, I understand why that was brought up on the, on the, on the table. Uh, now, I'm not necessarily agreeing that they should do that. Because you also got to look at, aside from just the basketball aspect of it, this LeBron. And some people ask the GOAT. Uh, you can't just move him. You know you know what I'm saying? He got he got he to want to go somewhere, and it's got to make sense. And... I think if you ship Westbrook off, if you could somehow move that contract, you ship him off to Charlotte or Indiana, any any of these places that we were talking about, I think he'll be successful. I think he'll look like we've seen him in past years. And, you know, so I just think it was just him being at home him playing with LeBron. I think that was all kind of just a little bit too much for him to overcome. And, you know, missing Anthony Davis in that the lineup, LeBron missed a few games, but he's still, I mean, it's just, it was, it was just too much for Westbrook to overcome, but. But but LeBron, I'm not going to agree with shipping him off, but it's a possibility. You got to look at what you would get back. And like you said, I don't know. I can't even think of nobody off the top of my head that you would, you know what I'm saying, bring in maybe Zach, try to try to go get Zach Levine. Uh, I think his, I think his knee is bad, though. I think it, I think in a few days. So I, don't really, I don't know if I'm on board with the Bulls possibly giving him more money. I think I think, I think think he got bad knees. Uh, you got Rudy Gobert, who don't. Not really. Not an offensive player. I mean, you know, I don't. I'm not. I'm not thinking LeBron for Rudy. You ain't gonna never get the correct compensation for him. So, I mean, you you also looking at uh, draft picks and stuff. You trying to get back. So, I, I think pretty much they just they they stuck themselves in this corner, and it's it's hard for them to maneuver out of it. So, the whole get rid of LeBron thing, I think it should be considered. I don't do I necessarily think it's gonna happen. No, I think you you better off trying to move Westbrook and you know trying to. Do it that way, but uh, I understand why it was brought on the table. Yeah, and I also think that LeBron's got a no-trade clause, if I'm not mistaken, in his contract. He might. So he gets to decide where he goes if they were to trade him. Um, but, listen, you know how I feel about Russell Westbrook. I think he's probably the most overrated player in NBA history. Uh, I think there was more deserving guys in that number 75 spot in, in, in the top 75. Russell Westbrook without KD, has never won 
more than a playoff series. More, you know. So I just he's not a winning player. He just isn't. He, you know, and the fact that his decline after Katie left, as far as shooting, is so poor. It just he, he he's just not that guy anymore. Yes, he can still he gives you listen. I'll never knock him. He gives you energy. He 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 plays every night. He's available. He'll give you 65, 70 games a year. Easy. And he, he he's very durable. But he's just not that guy that's a winning piece on a winning team. I mean, Vogel was doing the right thing by benching him in the fourth quarter because he's such a liability out there, especially on defense. He doesn't play any defense. So I just think it's so hard for a team if he's the one trade. And we're about to get into this. Um three-team trade that we kind of teased earlier. I just don't think you can get value from West, Russell Westbrook. And speaking of, on the, what was it, the Keyshawn, Jay Will, and uh, Jay Will, and oh, who's the other guy? Uh, anyway. Maxwell, right? Yeah, Max, Max, uh, Keyshawn, and Jay Will. Yeah, yeah. So on that show, they they put out a hypothetical three-team trade, right? And they asked which team is saying no. And let me just uh, – it's kind of obvious what team would say no in this. But it was a three-team trade between the Knicks, the Lakers, and the Bulls. All right, the Knicks – we get Westbrook, a twenty, a two thousand, uh, I think twenty-seven first round pick and a two thousand twenty-eight first round pick. The Lakers will get Levine, and the Bulls will get Julius Randle and Evan Fournier. And they asked who would say no. In my opinion, the Bulls would say no to that trade. And I don't know who's the ones given. I think that might be the Lakers' first round picks that are being given to the Knicks. But I'm sorry, giving up Zach Levine. For Randall and Fournier, uh, that that's a loss. That's a loss. These guys aren't going to help, you know, make this team better if Levine's gone. I think Levine is better than those two combined. Uh, Randall just he disappears in big spots. I like him. I loved when the Lakers drafted him, uh, but I don't know. He, he he's not. He can't be. <sighs> Listen, maybe he is a third player on a team, but I just don't think that I, we need a bigger man. Down, down low. I, like Randall, I'm sorry, he he's slightly better probably than uh, defensively as Vooch, Vooch. But listen, Vooch proved to me this playoffs. I, I don't care about his regular season numbers. Vooch stepped up in this playoffs this past season, and he gained my respect. So if we get playoff Vooch next year and he plays like he did, this Bulls team needs to be able to rely on Levine. And Levine, he had the worst playoff um, performance out of you know, our big three, DeMar, him, and Booch. And, you know, he, he got hurt at the end and, and couldn't play. But and that's another thing, too. His durability scares me. So if if you want to go guys that may not be as durable, then that's when I would say, all right, if we're going to give up Levine, then we get AD in that trade. That's the only way. Even though AD doesn't play more than, like, 40 games a season, I'd much rather let's just back-to-backs sit AD you know, the Bulls, I think, can win without him and then come playoffs, have AD rested, and then we ha- then we have a defensive squad. We can put him, Vooch, uh, DeMar, you- and then you have Russo and Ball. 
Like, I think that would be a perfect starting lineup for the playoffs. We'd be a hell of a defensive team, and we can compete with the Milwaukee, who's so lengthy and tall down low, and we might be able to match up with them a little better than what we did this year. Um, but, yeah, that, that trade, the Bulls would say no to that. I'm sorry, but I'm not taking Fournier and Randall uh, over Levine. Yeah, that trade is ass. I completely agree with you on that. Um, going back to that AD thing, anything – you the first person I heard say something about that, and I was actually like, I like that. But the Bulls wouldn't do that. They It, it kind of – it don't it, – no. Nah. You ain't finna get a guy that you know is injury-prone and just hold him to the playoffs. But that don't sound bad. Like, I – I could see that happen. That and, and like you said, I mean, it would be good for the playoffs. That 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 lineup would be good. But you would have to be banking on multiple things, like as far as health wise. You know, that's a big reason why we was messed up this year. Um, the board, the Bulls have to stay healthy, and it's a, it's just a whole lot of factors. That's 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 a big one though. We, we first off, we would have to stay healthy because then we'll be forced to uh, pay him. I mean, play him earlier than we want to, and that, that and he'll probably end up getting injured. And, you know, so you got that going on. You also got to think about the talent that we have now. Pat Williams, he missed a lot of uh, time this season. Came back kind of late. Um, we got to see how he progressed. We probably already got the the kind of quintessential uh, kind of kind of defensive big. I mean, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't know. We got to see more of Pat Will, let him get some more games on, under his belt. Um, we got Ao Dosumu. I think he's gonna come back next season, and and we, we're gonna see a major improvement. You know what I'm saying? He made a lot of rookie ass mistakes. You can just see it's like, man, he good. He just he just a rookie. You know what I'm saying? He just gotta uh, you know progress more. So um, we got that going on, and I just think it's, it's certain it's certain players that we have. We need to think about moving around. I was I was I was out on Vooch. Up until <laughs> that, that first round, and he, he he showed off. So it's like, oh, okay. So I mean, we just gotta we got we got a nice team, man. You saw we was playing. We was number one in the in the East. So I think you know I don't want to. And then it all depends on what we would give up for Anthony Davis as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm not trying to. Maybe I probably I'm trying to think of a something to get the Lakers because I know they're gonna want Zach. But no, nah, we we ain't gonna. Man, I, I maybe like Kobe, maybe Kobe. Uh, a draft pick and somebody else. I'm trying to think of something to put together, but uh, you know, so there's a lot of factors with that. But uh, yeah, that trade is that that trade is ass. It's it's okay for the Lakers because you 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 get off Anthony Davis, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like yeah Julius Randle. He cool. I wouldn't mind having him here, but I'm not gonna give you right. I'm not giving you Zach for no no hell no. I I take bad knees. And and and, and, my, and my and my my thing about Zach is. I don't know what it is with him. It's like he got the he got the 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 skill set. It's like he don't know when to use it. It's it's not a good balance. Like I, I feel like he, he take threes when he is supposed to. Sometimes it's like just drive to the basket, drive to the basket. Why are you pulling up for a three? Just drive to the damn basket. It's like he got the skills, but it's like he don't know when to implement them or something. I don't know if that's Billy Donovan coaching. I don't know if that's just him. I don't know what it is, but it's like damn. So on top of his bad knees, so. I don't know, man. I just, but for sure, that trade is ass. I'm, yeah, that's out of it. So, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I'll be interested to see. Uh, we talked about this on the Deep Three Pod um, this past week. 
you know, does Zach even deserve the max, which obviously for the Bulls, you kind of have to. He, he, he earned the max, but if it was up to us, will we really give it to him? Probably not. Uh, just so that way we can, you know, spread the money elsewhere. Because if we give him the max, we're stuck with him, right? Unless we sign and trade, and if he gets hurt, we're screwed. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Now, before we go, last thing, Nets GM, Sean Marks, had a press conference with Steve Nash. And obviously the questions asked about Kyrie and whether they're ready to sign him long term or – give him a max deal, and uh, this is what he had to say. I think we know what we're looking for. You know, we're looking for guys that want to come in here, be part of something bigger than themselves, um, play selfless, play team basketball, uh, and be available. And that goes not only for Kyrie, but for, for everybody here. Could be a little shot at KD, too. But, you know, I agree. They, they, they do need to get some guys into that play unselfish ball. And it does seem like Kyrie is very ball dominant. But I will say this. If, if they didn't get the Celtics round one, you know, if, if they didn't drop the ball, and I think they lost, what, 11 straight at one point uh, in the second half of the season, you know, their record would have been a little bit better. They would have had a better matchup, but uh, they need a lot more help. And hopefully Ben Simmons can come back and, and give them that help next year defensively because that was another thing. They were one of the worst defensive teams, especially in the playoffs. Uh, KD can't do it all. Uh, he's just not the same defender he was, you know, early on in his career because KD was – a, a damn good defender too, but you, know, you just got to rely on his shooting. And, you know, that team's old too. This team's like the Lakers. They're built old. You're not really going to do much uh, in the playoffs, but Kyrie, does he deserve the max? It, it depends. And, you know, this is where he kind of got himself in trouble. I was starting to, I was starting to be on Kyrie's side and root for him uh, come playoff time, just because he is a baller. I mean, when he's on the court, he, he's fun to watch. He puts up points. You know, he just does some magical things on the court. Um, but it's the off-court stuff that's always been the issue and it has always been my beef with them. Like, you're not available, um, and that's what Marks wants. Uh, they need more consistency as far as, you know, a player's attitude and, you know, leadership on the team. And, you know, Kyrie, we saw that press conference a after the series was over, after they got swept by the Celtics, and he's like, oh, me, Sean, KD, um, you know, this front office, we're going to figure things out. We're going to work together. And it's like, no, like you're not the GM. Sean Marks is. And they try doing things yours and Katie's way. And look at where it got you. Eighth seed in a play-in game and swept in the first round of the playoffs. So Sean Marks, you know, he's got to start doing things his way. He's on the hot seat now with the Nets because – the owner came out and said, listen, why are we spending all this money and, and we're not making as much money? You know, we're, we're not even getting out of the – we're not getting to the conference finals, which that's the expectation for the Brooklyn Nets. So, um, yeah, I think Kyrie, he's going to be – he's got the player option, but he wants to stay in Brooklyn. I just – as things are laid out right now, I don't know how, how big of a possibility is that he stays. Yeah, um, I agree with pretty much all of that. Um, I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's a few teams. I'm kind of just over, I'm over the damn Lakers and they terrible ass, whatever they got going on. I'm over, I'm over this, this, this Brooklyn Nets. Um, Kyrie really pissed me off this past season. Um, as far as that, just not getting vaccinated. Like I'm not, I, I got vaccinated because of my, uh, grandmothers around my uh, grandmother a lot this year. And, um, I'm not making the money, the kind of money that Kyrie Irving is making. You know what I'm saying? Like he missing all of this damn time, and they got a real, they had a real chance to 
stay healthy. Like, he's the reason I feel like James Harden left. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, you ain't committed. I'm not going to stay here. You know, I'm, I'm trying to win. Yep. I should go back to Kyrie Irving. So, I'm going to just keep it short and sweet because I'm, I'm I'm through with this team. I'm, 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 I, if Kyrie Irving messed the season up, I think it was selfish. Um, he should have he should have took that for the team. They shouldn't have had to wait that long for him to come back. And I understand because I'm, I'm I felt the same way. I didn't want to take the vaccine, but you know, on top of all the money you making, you got an actual shot to win. So I think Kyrie dropped the ball on this one. Does he come back next year? I'm sure he wants to. If I'm uh, the GM of uh, Sean Marks, I don't. I'm not. I, I I'll try to trade his ass to Portland. Try to get Dame Lillard or something. I, I don't. To be honest, I was here to tell KD, look, I know the show homie. Uh, he messed us up this season. So I, I don't know how they're going to figure that out. I'm not, I wouldn't be comfortable paying him a whole, a, a, a ton of money. He don't even like to show up to work. This ain't got nothing to do with the vaccine. He don't, he don't like to show up to work because on, on, a, on, a, on a regular basis. So, I mean, I ain't going to get into all of that about him. But, um, no, I love Kyrie as a, as a player, a clear uh, superstar. But um, we'll see what happens next season. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Listen, again, I'm not going to hold the vaccination against them. I didn't want to get vaccinated. I didn't. Um, you know, I got people at work who got the vaccine and booster, still getting sick. They've had COVID twice now after getting all that. So, listen, you know, it's, it is your body, your choice, as everybody likes to say. So I'm not going to hit him on that. But it is the fact that, you know, outside of even the vaccine, he was he took a two-week hiatus for um, personal reasons and all that. So, yeah, that's why Harden wanted out. You know, he, he was like, I'm, I'm doing the work. I'm playing night in, night out, and Kyrie's not here, and we're losing games. So um, I agree with that. But that's going to do it for us today. Final play with the Blitz package, Mikey Clutch, J. Matt. Stay tuned because tonight is the schedule release. We're going to be back next week. We're going to, you know, our favorite matchups. We're going to talk about um, old faces or, I guess, new old faces on new teams in old places, I guess, if that makes sense to you, um, you know, players returning against their former teams or even coaches, because uh, last night it was announced Green Bay is going to be playing Dallas. So we'll get in a little bit of that with Mike McCarthy's return. Um, and then we'll we'll kind of give maybe a little bit predictions of what we think is going to happen next year in the NFL. And then obviously we'll, we'll keep up with uh, these NBA matchups. Uh, in, in the playoffs and see where we're at for the conference finals. Cause I think by, by next show we'll be in the conference finals and then we'll give our predictions on that. So um, hopefully y'all loved, loved and enjoyed the episode today, but uh, we'll see it. You have just tuned into the final play with Mikey clutch on Chicagoland sports It's not just sports. It's a way of life.